Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Joe Biden wants you taxed to the brink under the thumb of the IRS, and controlled with a digital dollar. That's why thousands of hardworking patriotic Americans are opting out by diversifying their savings with the top-rated precious metals company, GoldCo. Right now, GoldCo is offering up to $10,000 in bonus silver, but only while supplies last. So don't wait. Go to HannityGold.com to learn how to get started today. That's HannityGold.com. You know, Pure Talk believes in American values and that free should mean exactly that, free. Switch to Pure Talk today and you'll get a free Samsung 5G smartphone. Now, qualifying plans start at just 35 bucks a month for unlimited talk, text, 15 gigs of data, and, of course, mobile hotspot. Just go to puretalk.com slash and claim your eligibility for free, your brand-new Samsung 5G smartphone. Again, it's puretalk.com slash S-E-A-N, and switch to my cell phone company, Pure Talk. Let not your heart be troubled. You are listening to the Sean Hannity Radio Show Podcast. All right, 14 days till the important midterm elections. 14 days from now, you will turn on your television set at, say, oh, whatever, 6, whatever time at night. You're going to be able to tune into the coverage and watch all night. One thing you might hear is Speaker-elect Nancy Pelosi. Do you want to hear that? I don't think so. You want to hear... You know, Senate Majority Elect Schumer? I don't think so. Now, the way things are shaping up, look, if you're a big Nate Silver, 538 person, which I'm not, but I, I listen, I look at what he produces. Um, he did catch the Obama wave early, which kind of, when you look back in retrospect, wasn't that hard to figure out. Um, but uh, he got 2016 wrong, as did so many others. Anyway, he's saying it's an 86 percent chance now that the Democrats take back the House. An 82 percent chance the Republicans keep the Senate, gain seats. Um, I don't have a feeling my educated guests and I've looked at the Cook Report and I've looked at Nate Silver and I've looked at and talked to many pollsters around the country. And there's anecdotal evidence that I can cite on both sides of what we're seeing with early voting. Some of it looks good for the Republicans. We just don't know. But the bottom line is, is this election, You, it needs to be about, well, first of all, are you better off than you were two years ago? Uh, is, is, the, is America's economy better off? Because by every objective discerning measure, the answer is an overwhelming yes. Although Obama is so, it's so funny he referred to himself 92 times in a 38-minute Nevada speech, and he only had a crowd of 2,000 in Nevada. 
I saw the crowd last time I was out there with Dean Heller and President Trump, and I interviewed Trump, um, and they had more people outside than the 20,000 people inside. Did you see last night's arena? Oh, my. I've never seen anything like it. You had people tailgating before, twenty waiting 24 hours before the start last night of Trump's rally with Ted Cruz in Texas. And I thought my little crowd of 4,000 in Beaumont in an airplane hangar was pretty good crowd. Apparently it is compared to Obama. That's twice the crowd he had. Poor crazy Uncle Joe Biden only had 500 people at his crowd. So that might be anecdotal evidence. I mean, but to refer to yourself 92 times during a, a 38-minute speech is pretty pathetic. And he's back on in the campaign trail. And, and don't forget now, you got to remember that, you know, you see good news at the, about the economy. Remember, it started with me. Poverty was falling. And that's what I handed off to the next guy. Yeah, I did. Look what I did. So, so when you hear all this talk about economic <laughs> miracles right now, yeah, it's me. remember who started it. The, the truth so, of the matter is, you can't just make stuff up. And no. that's one thing you learn as president of the United States. You get called into account. You get called into account. Well, we know his record. Eight years, 13 million more Americans on food stamps, 8 million more in poverty, lowest labor participation rate since the 70s, worst recovery since the 40s, lowest home ownership rate in 51 years, the only president in American history never to reach 3% GDP growth in a year. The only one, and he accumulated more debt than all 43 presidents before him combined. Uh, facts are very stubborn things, Mr. President. But are you better off than you were two years ago? Well, the 14 states that now have record low unemployment, I think I would say deci- decisively yes. Or, or record low, record low unemployment for African Americans, Hispanic Americans, Asian Americans, women in the workplace, our vets, and youth unemployment, all setting record low numbers. That's great for the American people. We have better trade deals than we've ever had. We're paying less abroad than we paid before because the president's negotiated even with NATO, even with Western European countries. We have a much better deal that benefits our farmers for one, our dairy guys for two um, in Wisconsin and Michigan and elsewhere. The, the manufacturing jobs that Obama said were never coming back are now starting to come back. 400,000 manufacturing jobs, the largest number in 30 years, just under President Trump, not under Obama. Uh, better trade deals with Canada, with Mexico, abroad. Israel now, Jerusalem is now their capital. How many presidents like Obama promised that never delivered? We're not dropping cash loads, plane loads, cargo planes full of cash and other currencies on the runways of mullahs that hate us. And little rocket man, you know, fire and fury. And my button is bigger than yours is not firing rockets over Japan every other day. And the president didn't pay a penny to get back our hostages. Number one, didn't pay a penny to get back the remains of Americans that have been there since 1953 or four, whatever it is, and still he gets criticized. And all of this under the cloud of a phony, you know, conspiracy theory that is now debunked basically at this point, Trump-Russia collusion. Well, that's coming to an end too. And in 14 days, you'll decide if Nancy Pelosi gets the gavel back. You'll decide if if Maxine Waters is the head of her committee and Adam Schiff, the liar, is the head of his committee 
And Gerald Nadler is the head of his committee and nonstop investigation, impossible impeachment and higher taxes because they want their crumbs back. We know they want open borders, eliminate ICE, sanctuary cities, states. They want a sanctuary country. Not one Democrat has talked about this caravan now literally exploding in size, you know, to 14,000 people strong. What are we going to do if they get to our border? What are Democrats offering? Where is their call? Because I can play the Democrats, and I'll do it later in the program. I can play them all sounding like Donald Trump during the Obama years. Only now they want open borders because they think it benefits them politically. Although that's now backfired to the point where John Podesta sending out memos with the Center for American Progress. They don't talk about that. Don't talk about immigration. Maxine, stop talking about impeaching 45. Now, I would say if I had to guess in my best after all the studying that I do every single day and all the polls I look at every day, I don't have a feel for which way the House is going to go. I think it's hanging in the balance, to be honest. We've identified 50 specific races. I won't name them all because it'll take too much airtime. And we've made it easy for you. We put an interactive map on Hannity.com. The 50 House races that will tip the balance of power in the House of Representatives. Now, on the Senate side, look, it's very tight in Florida. There's no other way to describe it. Florida's always tight, unfortunately. But you've got Rick Scott, who's looking to unseat uh, Nelson as the, you know, basically the Schumer of Florida. And Rick Scott, who I think done a great job in the state of Florida as a governor. Then you got the Mr. Tax and Spend is also an article. Do you see all these articles about the FBI and and investigations into Gillum, and ooh, it's getting it's getting interesting in that case. Uh, but there's a lot out there about him. You know, Tampa Bay Times shows that records show FBI agents gave Andrew Gillum tickets to Hamilton in 2016. Isn't that nice? Yeah. Well, he's got investigations of him going on. He wants a 40 percent tax for the people of Florida. It will destroy the economy of Florida. So I don't know which way Florida is going to go. I'm pretty confident after Bredesen and his team have been exposed as frauds that think that the people of Tennessee are ignorant. I'm pretty sure that's not going over well with the people of Tennessee that I know. And I live 90 miles, uh, 90 minutes south of of Nashville for a couple of years of my life. Used to go up there all the time. I love Music City, USA. But I'm thinking Marsha Blackburn is going to hold that seat. I'm pretty confident that the people of Missouri are a little sick and tired of of Claire Schumer McCaskill because she's a reliable 100% vote for Schumer every time. And they're probably sick and tired of the fact that she, too, and her office, too, got caught on tape. They're lying to the people of Missouri, bragging behind the scenes how she's just like Obama. I'm pretty sure that Heidi Heitkamp, I mean, is done in North Dakota. I mean, you see that she recently released... You know, the name of a sexual assault victim trying to, you know, in an ad that she's running. Anyway, we've never seen a midterm race like that before. And I'm pretty sure, listen, I think if the people of Nevada get out, you can save Dean Heller. He's up a little bit in the polls, but that's always a tight state for Republicans. You're going to have to get out there and vote. I saw our buddy Tarkanian's uh, kid is running out there. He's a great guy. Um, so, and I'm pretty sure that you know, cinema in Arizona, I mean, is there anything else she wants to say about how horrible the people she's asking to vote for her are? The meth capital of democracy, you know, inviting radical speakers that that represent the blind shake that were accused of actually 
you know, passing on his messages to other crazy people that don't like this country. And then, of course, uh, oh, it's okay to join the Taliban. Saying that to Martha McSally, 28 years of military service, six deployments in Iraq and Afghanistan. That should be a very easy decision for the people in Missouri. People in Montana now for the first time have a choice. Ron in, in Indiana would win outright if it wasn't for this libertarian. Don't waste your vote in Indiana for the libertarian candidate. Now, now, listen, with all due respect, I don't know the person, but all they're doing is ticket splitting. All they're doing is siphoning off votes from Ron the Republican and lessening the chances that, in fact, Joe Donnelly can be removed from in another. It's basically Joe Schumer Donnelly. Listen, I'm going to tell you in all these races, Southern California, believe it or not, is going to play a big role in the in the balance of power in the House. Minnesota is going to play a big role in the balance of power in the House. Michigan's going to play a big role. Ohio's going to play a big role. Florida is going to play a big role. Every state in the union. I mean, there's listen, if Nate Silver saying 86 percent and he looks so bad after the last election. Now, part of this, I always believe, is to deflate enthusiasm on our side. You don't have to listen to the pollsters. I don't listen to the pollsters. Last uh, last November or 2016 in November, 515, I got the exit polls. Those exit polls showed that Donald Trump didn't win a single state. He lost Florida. He lost Ohio. He lost North Carolina. He lost Michigan. He lost Wisconsin. He lost Pennsylvania. And he may have lost like every other red state. That's what the polls showed. The same thing in 2004. John Kerry, the exit polls, 515 Eastern time on Election Day in 04. John Kerry was going to be the next president. So these polls, these calculations, they're basically somebody else's best guess. So don't take any of the Senate races for granted where we think we're ahead. And don't take the fact that, you know, Nancy Pelosi is picking out the drapes and looking for a new gavel. And Maxine Waters is all excited. And Gerald Nadler and Adam Schiff are excited. Because you have the power to, to shock the world. You get to decide. That's the beauty here. Some states like Texas started yesterday. Florida has it now. Early voting has started. You have time. You can vote between right now. You can vote tomorrow. You can do it any day you want. Go vote. You know, I vote on election day. It's an old habit I have. I vote on election day. Not that my vote matters, but I'm going out for my local congressman, and that's it. Andrew Cuomo's going to win. I can't help that in New York. He's up by 29 points. So, you know, you focus on where you can. We'll say in New Jersey, Menendez is in trouble. Keith Ellison, by the way, is now down nine points in Minnesota. Finally, the people are paying attention. Diane Feinstein might not be paying attention, but the people of Minnesota. And by the way, that helps some of those congressional races. So two weeks from today, two weeks from tonight, you get to watch television. Now, you have a choice. You can be super happy and you're not sick of winning and we win the House and hold the House and win extra Senate seats. That would be the top tier. We can have a split decision. We hold the Senate, which is important, and we pick up seats in the Senate. That's very important. I don't minimize that. That's a win. Um, or you can have a horrible night. That's it. I don't have a crystal ball, but I do know that there's a lot at stake here. Attention all patriots, are you in the market for a new gun? Well, the USCCA is on a mission to get more guns into the hands of more responsibly armed Americans. So they want to give you seven free chances to win the ultimate concealed carry package worth $1,500. That's a brand new gun. 
holster, magazines, and all the ammo you need to break it all in. Entering is easy, quick, and 100% free, but you're running out of time. Your chance to win vanishes Halloween at midnight. And remember, you'll get seven free chances to win. Simply text CARRY to the number 87222 for the official rules and to instantly lock in your seven free chances to win. It's that easy. Just get your phone out right now and text CARRY, that's C-A-R-R-Y, to the number 87222. This is your absolute last chance, and this is too easy and way too valuable to pass up. Text CARRY, C-A-R-R-Y, to 87222 right now. That's it. Just imagine getting 1500 bucks for doing something so easy. Get your seven free chances for the ultimate concealed carry package right now. Text CARRY to the number 87222. Text CARRY to 87222. All right, as we roll along, Sean Hannity Show. Project Veritas strikes again. First, they caught Bredesen and his team purposely thinking that they can lie to the people of Tennessee. And they did the same thing with Claremont Caskill and her team. Now we will exclusively break tonight, 9 Eastern, a video as it relates to Heidi Heitkamp. Well, actually, I'm not saying that. Uh, a prominent North Dakota lawmaker. That'll rock the midterm elections. You know, it's amazing what these tapes are showing. It is showing Democrats cannot be honest with who they are, what they believe, what they will support, what they will do. And they are, with contempt and hatred, their teams, them and their teams, are behind the scenes thinking the people that vote for them are ignorant, thinking that they can be manipulated, and that they're just saying things to get elected. That would be Bredesen in Tennessee. That's McCaskill in Missouri. That's Kristen Cinema in Arizona. And Heidi Heitkamp in North Dakota. And by the way, they're just the ones that got caught. But, you know, think of what think of what Democrats have said. You know, Peter Strzok, I we can smell them. Smelly Walmart voters. You know, what did what did uh, Joe Biden say recently about Trump voters? A number of these people are the dregs of society. And then Obama, bitter people in Pennsylvania that cling to their God, guns and religion. And, of course, there's the irredeemable, deplorable comments of Hillary and and much more. That's what Democrats think of anybody they disagree with. Well, Keith Ellison, by the way, is now trailing in the race for Minnesota Attorney General. We'll get to that. According to NBC News, Republicans are outpacing Democrats in early voting. I'm not paying attention to any of these predictions. I'm handing the power to you and trying to let you know what's at stake. All right, 25 till the top of the hour, two weeks from today, Election Day. We have a new poll out, Minnesota Public Radio, showing Republican Doug Wardlow is now leading Democrat Keith Ellison by seven points in the race for the Attorney General of Minnesota. According to the uh, Minnesota Public Radio Star Tribune Minnesota poll, and it's now 43-36 in that particular race. And um, what's fascinating about this is I didn't hear, you know, all the people that wanted all the investigations into Judge Kavanaugh based on, you know, guilt by accusation, no due process, no presumption of innocence. Not a word from any of them. No, no, no Dianne Feinstein or no Corey Spartacus Booker and no Kamala Harris. Fascinating. Kamala Harris woos Iowa. I, you know what I see? They're trying to turn Camilla or Corey into the, the next Obama, the next savior of the Democratic Party, the next anointed one. It is dying to find the right person. OK, well, give it your best shot. 
But the bottom line is, if they really cared about the issue, as they said they did, well, then Cory Booker would be under investigations because there was allegations made about an assault this weekend about him. Never mind what he had already admitted he did on his own. On top of Keith Ellison, he would have been investigated. Not one of the, these Democrats have called for an investigation. I don't know if any of it's true. The person that seems the most credible here is this woman, Monahan, who recently dated Keith Ellison. It was his girlfriend. She's got tapes and, and doctor's notes and, and uh, apparently maybe even video of him verbally, physically, emotionally abusing this woman. Now, people in Minnesota are paying attention, if not, you know, all these hypocrites on the Senate Judiciary Committee. By the way, my friend Dana Rohrbacher, Southern California has six congressional races that are going to play a big part in the balance of power come November, two weeks from now, and then come January. Dana Rohrbacher apparently was tied, but now has taken a lead in, in his important seat, which is California's 48th congressional district. He's a friend of the program. And uh, that, that's just a tight race. Um, anecdotally, I'm not paying a lot of attention to it, but NBC News is reporting if early voting results are any indication, we may be seeing a bigger Republican turnout than anybody anticipated. Oh, gee, the polls might be wrong again. I just don't trust these polls. I don't trust these people that make their predictions. You know, I follow, I, I look at it. I factor it into what my thinking is. I actually think that we should act right now that every race, every Republican is behind and know that if the Democrat wins for the House, that that's a vote for Pelosi. Staying home is a half a vote for Pelosi. And in every important Senate race, be it Florida or be it Tennessee or be it Missouri or be it Nevada or be it Arizona or Montana or North Dakota or New Jersey even or Indiana, that they're all winnable. You know, there's no scenario that would unfold one week, two weeks from tonight that I could be surprised at. But I would like to shock the world again. I would like you to shock the world again, and you have the power to do it. Boy, Avenatti's not having a good week. Apparently lost a $5 million judgment yesterday. And ever since he tried to insert himself into the Kavanaugh confirmation with that, he's the one that came up with the Julie Sweatwick claim that, oh, it was almost like on a weekend basis they would... You know, these boys would would spike the punch and and get these girls all drugged up and they'd line up in halls and take their turns to go in and gang rape these teenage girls. Anyway, first he lost his defamation defamation suit that he filed for Stormy against the president. The judge ordering Stormy to pay Trump's legal fees. That means Avenatti's legal. You know, he lost that case. Now he lost a five million, nearly five million dollar judgment. Now he's been evicted, apparently, from his L.A. office for non-payment of rent. Not a good week for him. And he wants to run for president. One other success you won't hear in your hate Trump media, Wall Street Journal today. Media continues obsessing over whatever they want to talk about. But Chancellor Angela Merkel, the president referred to this last night at the rally with Ted Cruz, has now offered government support uh, to efforts to open up. Germany to U.S. gas, which was a key concession to President Trump as he, you know, the president, right, we're paying 72 cents of every dollar for NATO. The Western alliance that we have, the our Western European friends, you know, worry the most about the, the power of Russia, the military threat of Russia, 
the hostile regime of Russia, you know, and we're paying all this money. And what does Angela Merkel do? But she makes Russia and Putin rich again by giving them billions of dollars in energy contracts, which is the lifeblood of not just Germany, but of all of Western Europe. And meanwhile, we've got the largest supplies of natural gas energy in the entire world. And what she ought to be doing is working with an allied nation that is helping to pay for part of their defense so that, in fact, they don't have to worry about Vladimir Putin. Oh, but she decided she she was going to make Russia rich again. Um, During a debate that was held the other night in a Pennsylvania synagogue, a Democratic House candidate dropped an (laughs) F-bomb. Jeez. You can't make this stuff up. Democratic Pennsylvania congressional candidate Scott Wallace had to apologize uh, for using an expletive during a debate with Republican Brian Fitzpatrick at a synagogue in uh, Pennsylvania on Sunday. And Fitzpatrick was cross-examining Wallace on an, a, on an attack ad when the Pennsylvania Democrat came out with the uh, expletive. He dropped the F-bomb in a, in a televised debate in a synagogue. <laughs> Great job, Congressman Wannabe. Good luck with that. Sure, that's going to take you far in your career. Anecdotally, what did the president have? 30,000 inside, another 30,000 outside, 100,000 plus RSVPs. Yeah, guess how many people were watching Barack Obama? Less than 2,000 people. Less than 500 watching crazy Uncle Joe Biden. You know, the president, look at the economy. You know, this, this, this should be about, yes, immigration. Do you know... If we get stuck with a confrontation at our border precipitated by the people from Honduras that are coming across the border and God forbid, and we're going to protect our borders, we have to, or else there's going to be a hundred thousand then 500,000. It's never going to stop. But if we had that wall up, guess what wouldn't be happening today? That caravan would be non-existent. Nobody wants people on either side of this to get hurt. Mexico needs to do their job and turn the people around and say, go back to your home country. We'll see what happens. I don't hear one Democrat talking about what the answer is there. You know, everyone gets worked up. The president says, I'm not a globalist. I'm a nationalist. What does a nationalist mean? It means America first. I believe not, in, you know, not that America pays the bill and security and spreads the wealth for the entire world. We're going to take care of our people, our country, our way with using our constitutional republic. And then the media hate. The president's showing hate. It's funny to watch all these Democrats now beginning to lower expectations on the blue wave. That's interesting. I guess they don't have as much confidence. Republicans are beating Democrats in early voting in some key states. Don't take a lot of solace in that. Just look at it as anecdotally. Just know that your vote is going to matter here. You know, we put up the 50 top races that we think are going to be the balance of power. Democrats only need a net gain of 23 seats. That's not a lot. Now, what if we only win the Senate and pick up Senate seats? Well, it's not the best case scenario. I'd like I don't I'd rather win everything. I like to win it all. So let's fight like we want to win it all. Looks like Heidi Heitkamp has pretty much suspended her campaign after outing a sexual assault victim or actually victims, plural. We might be hearing a little bit something about her tonight on Hannity. I'm just guessing it might be her. Apparently a prominent North Dakota politician caught on tape by Project Veritas and it will be shown exclusively on Hannity. My guess is it's Heidi Heitkamp. I'm just guessing. I don't know for sure. Have you seen the tape, Linda? Yes, you uh, did. Maybe. Yeah. Uh, don't lie to the audience. Have you seen the tape, Linda? I got a preview. Yeah. Um, Vandals, did you see this? 
Another top Republican has become the target of violence. Kevin McCarthy, the House Majority Leader's office in Bakersfield. Bakersfield is a peaceful town. Vandalized by two men. Actually, I think they caught him on video. They picked up a boulder and threw it through his window. Unbelievable. Does anyone know these two guys? A boulder through his office window. And uh, this is the third Republican office now hit with vandalism in less than two months. Unbelievable. Scary. And by the way, on the other side of it, let me just say this. Apparently an explosive device was found near at George Soros' home in his mailbox, the New York Times reported. You know, billionaire, leftist, globalist. Now, George Soros doesn't like Sean Hannity. And he funds a lot of groups that would love this show to go away. I want to be clear with everybody. This crap has got to stop. We, you know, we, we can settle our differences at the ballot box. I've had my wins over the years and I've had my losses. Believe me, wasn't fun to hear Fox News projects Barack Obama is going to be the 44th president of the United States, not once but twice. You know what? You go out and then you fight the next day for the things you believe in. It just happens. There's an ebb and flow to political cycles. I just hate to stop the momentum that we got. I love Obama. When you hear the economy is improving, remember who started it. And then goes on to mention himself, what, 92 times in 38 minutes. That's a record even for him. Can you imagine if the Republicans win everything? What's going to happen in the media? I, they're, they're not going to be able to contain themselves. They're going to lose it. To be a joke. I cannot believe this is happening. I'm literally about to kill myself, and I'm not kidding. You better fix this right now. I literally am going to die. I need an ambulance. Jonathan Alter over at Conspiracy TV, MSNBC. You can kiss democracy goodbye if GOP keeps Congress. Um, we're a democratic republic. Side note. Then you've got uh, the producer of the Ellen program. One more Melania in the U.S. is worse than the entire migrant caravan. I, I, you know, the picking on the women has just got to stop. Melania is a lovely person great first lady what do you you know stop imagine if these things were done and said about michelle obama the only thing i criticize michelle about for the first time in my adult life i'm proud of what do you mean for the first time in your adult life um well by the way cory booker has a plan for to fight poverty he wanted to give kids in low-income areas lower-income kids fifty thousand dollars in some cases <laughs> Okay, go out and earn it, Corey. You can give them all your money. Unbelievable. It looks like the vice president saying the illegal caravan is being financed. He said the president of Honduras told him that, that this was organized by leftist groups in Honduras and being financed by Venezuela. You know, I know that we're watching what is you know anywhere between seven and 14,000 and growing in this caravan. Washington Examiner rightly points out there's been over 521,000 people apprehended at America's southern border and other ports of entry from October 1st, 2017 through September 30th, 2018. That's a half a mil- over a half a million people. Build the wall. Sarah Carter is uh, reporting vis-a-vis Gatewood, uh, Gateway Pundit, you know, that... Um, Apparently, Guatemalan intelligence, she says, have discovered people from India, Bangladesh, Africa have also joined the caravan. And I bumped into a number of 
MS-13 gang members. Judicial Watch's Chris Farrell and Guatemalan Secretary of Strategic Intelligence were on the border with me. So, you know, we'll follow that report. The president of Guatemala confirms, according to CNN, that the caravan has been infiltrated by ISIS. Because all day, the fake news media, this is CNN fake news, by the way. CNN is uh, saying that ISIS reports them from uh, the president of Guatemala. No one has really mentioned this. Anyway, the report stemmed from an October 11th article in a prominent Guatemalan uh, newspaper, which quoted the Guatemalan president saying the country's law enforcement had captured 100 people linked to terrorism, including ISIS. And Morales, the president, Jimmy Morales of Guatemala, said during his speech that we have not only detained them within our territory, but they have been deported to their country of origin. Judicial Watch picked up that headline. Again, you know, the one that I, I can't say, I'm not there and I'm not interviewing, but I'll say this. Nobody can vouch for any of the thousands of people in the caravan. We don't know. And that then represents a clear and present danger to the United States. I'm assuming most are poor people that see America as the land of milk and honey and they want a better lives for themselves and their families. That's what I'm predicting most of them are, 99%. But that 1%, we, we can't vet, we don't know. That's why we can't have open borders. And we couldn't have them anyway because we, our economy, we've already paid billions for educational costs, health care costs. Um, this is literally like an invasion. If they get to our southern border, we're going to protect our border. And people on the other side of the border in Mexico would precipitate some type of confrontation. People will get hurt. If we had a wall, we wouldn't have that problem. It's getting a little scary out there. We don't want that. We don't want anybody getting hurt here. Anyway, you know, by the way, somebody wrote me, if you think 4,000 Hondurans suddenly just decided to march 3,500 miles towards our border right before the midterms with cameramen and you don't think it's staged and you're not paying attention, I listen, doesn't at this point even matter. Just is something we have to do. Linda, when did you buy your um, timeshare in Mexico? Just a, just a couple of years ago. Where in Mexico is it? Uh, Playa del Carmen. Where's that? In Mexico. Either way, you know what? We're going to be helping Mexico in the days to come. They got a Category 5 hurricane coming on the West Coast. Well, we might not be able to give them funding if they can't control their borders. You watch. We're going to, we do what we do. We always help people in need. All right, Hour 2, Sean Hannity Show. Glad you're with us. 800 941 Sean. You want to be a part of the program two weeks from today? You will be at the polls, I hope. And you have the ability, once again, to shock the world as you did two years ago. If you look at Nate Silver, 86 percent, the Democrats capture the House of Representatives, 82 percent. The Republicans keep the Senate and pick up Senate seats. But you know what? They got it wrong in 2016. But I would take that as a warning sign. You don't want to wake up two weeks from today or two weeks from tomorrow, the day after Election Day and hear, you know, Speaker elect Pelosi or do you? Now, the issue of immigration has come to the forefront with this caravan. Now, as many as 14,000 strong continuing the march towards our southern border. President talked at length about it. Newt Gingrich will join us in a minute, has called the caravan an attack on America. It needs to be stopped now. One of the interesting things that nobody else in the media will point out, and I will, is that the Democrats sound an awful well, sorry, sounded an awful lot like Donald Trump back in the day, not that long ago when Barack Obama was president. So it really wasn't that long ago they sound like Trump. But the reality is not one Democrat, not one, 
has spoken out against Keith Ellison or Cory Booker or Clamor Caskill's husband. You know, it's it, it, like the way they did over Judge Kavanaugh, and not one has said a word how to deal with the caravan. Anyway, here's them in years past. People who enter the United States without our permission are illegal aliens, and illegal aliens should not be treated the same as people who entered the U.S. legally. The president's decision to end DACA was heartless and it was brainless. When we use phrases like undocumented workers, we convey a message to the American people that their government is not serious about combat illegal immigration. Hundreds, hundreds of thousands of families will be ripped apart. If you don't think it's illegal, you're not going to say it. I think it is illegal and wrong. Tens of thousands of American businesses will lose hardworking employees. And the argument there, Mr. President, is Americans don't want to do the work. We just can't find American workers to do the work. Mr. President, that is a crock in many instances. It's just not true. In my view, Trump's decision to end the DACA program for some 800,000 young people is the cruelest and most ugly presidential act in the modern history of this country. I cannot think of one single act which is uglier and more cruel. We've got to do several things, and I am, you know, adamantly against illegal immigrants. People have to stop employing illegal immigrants. Come up to Westchester, go to Suffolk and Nassau counties, stand in the street corners on, in Brooklyn or the Bronx. You're going to see loads of people waiting to get picked up to go do yard work and construction work and domestic work. You know, it, this is not a problem that the people who are coming into the country are solely responsible for. They Senator wouldn't be coming if we didn't put them to work. My proposal will keep families together and it will include a path to citizenship. The number of immigrants added to the labor force every year is of a magnitude not seen in this country for over a century. If this huge influx of mostly low-skill workers provides some benefits to the economy as a whole, it also threatens to depress further the wages of blue-collar Americans and puts strains on an already overburdened safety net. Immigrants aren't the principal reason wages haven't gone up. There are those in the immigrants' rights community who have argued passionately that we should simply provide those who are illegally with legal status or at least ignore the laws on the books and put an end to deportation until we have better laws. But I believe such an indiscriminate approach would be both unwise and unfair. It would suggest to those thinking about coming here illegally that there will be no repercussions for such a decision. And this could lead to a surge in more illegal immigration. All right, amazing how they sound just like Donald Trump. Joining us now, former Speaker of the House, author of the bestseller, Trump's America, the truth about our nation's great comeback. Uh, Newt Gingrich is with us. Sir, how are you? I'm I'm doing great, and uh, I'm in Omaha today for the uh, Republican Party of Nebraska. And I'm very, very optimistic about how this election is shaping up. Well, I'm glad you're there. Do me a favor. I think uh, one of the biggest mistakes I made in my life in terms of supporting somebody who disappoints is a guy by the name of Ben Sass. If Ben Sass had his way, Hillary Clinton would have been the president the last two years. She would have made the two Supreme Court appointments. None of the bureaucracy would have been removed. We'd have open borders. We would have Obamacare on steroids. Um, But he was a never-Trumper. Now he's blasting me in a new book trying to get me to talk about it. 
so that he can sell copies when he hasn't passed a single piece of legislation with his own name on it alone that he sponsored. Sorry, it's personal well, at this point. I gather that's personal. But, you know, the fact is the never-Trumpers are a fossilized group that are less and less relevant. I mean, with every passing month, the president's support from the Republican Party goes up. Uh, I know this this extraordinary rally in Texas. Um, I don't know of anybody in American history who attracted as many people to as many different rallies as Trump has this year. Uh, it is just an astonishing achievement, and I think it bodes very well uh, for the impact that he's going to have on both this year's election and on, to, on 2020. Well, let's talk about what do we do about this caravan? You know, they, by foot, they make it in, what, three weeks, three and a half weeks. But one thing that I think we both agree on is that I don't want a crisis precipitated at the border because Mexico is allowing this caravan to march through their entire country. And we then have no choice but to guard our borders because it's our sovereign land. And right. We're a nation of laws, and I don't. And in the process, the people on that side of the border that are not respecting our laws could they could precipitate a crisis where innocent people get hurt, and I don't want that to happen. Right. Is that better? So, so now you understand psychologically what Abraham Lincoln went through between 1858 and. Uh, the spring of 1861, and he says again and again, you know, we do not have to fight. This is, this is you know, you are going to choose. He said, I'm not going to choose. I'm going to defend the Constitution and do my duty, but I'm not choosing to fight. But if you give me no choice, I will have no choice. And I think this, this is, I think, one of the great tests that President Trump is going to face because he, he, I, mean, I talked to him about a person the other day. He doesn't want anyone hurt. He feels this very deeply. On the other hand, he has sworn to protect the United States. He has sworn to uphold uh, our borders. Uh, and and I, I tweeted this morning because it hit me this morning. If, if the president is serious, the Mexicans only have two choices. They can deal with the caravans now in southern Mexico or... When the president blocks them from entering the United States, they can deal with them in northern Mexico. I mean, if you ask yourself this simple question, if they literally can't get across the border, they're stuck in northern Mexico. Well, And I think our, our position ought to be that, that Mexico gets to decide whether it wants to deal with them now or it wants to deal with them when they are turned back at the border, but under no circumstance – should we accept them? And uh, Sidney Powell has done some brilliant legal work on the fact that the president has the authority to block aliens that he deems to be a national threat. And all he's got to say is he doesn't have to defend his decision. He just has to say, I deem this to be unacceptable for national security reasons. And they're blocked. Now, in all likelihood, I don't think it's going to get to that point. My guess is at some point, because of the economic connection that Mexico needs with the United States, that they're going to have to step in here somehow and turn this caravan around. How they do that, I don't know. 
But the reality is, I, by the way, and I do have compassion. I understand people in, in Central America, El Salvador, Guatemala, Nicaragua, uh, that they want a better life. But this is not the way to do it. We have a process by which we have an immigration system and we're a sovereign country. You don't get to, you know, create a crowd and rush the border. And my fear is if they get to the border, that could be a potential outcome. That's not going to be good for the people. If we had the wall, Mr. Speaker, built, this wouldn't be an option for them. If we had the wall, we would have there would be no risk of anybody getting hurt on either side. Right. But but, but remember, in the near future, the next few weeks, our policy should be to hope for the best, but plan for the worst. I think the worst case is pretty simple. The Mexicans end up, for their own political reasons, doing nothing. They decide that they expect Donald Trump to cave, and so they're just going to let you know, as many thousand people as want to uh, enter the United States. What they haven't thought through is, what if he doesn't cave? What if he does call out the military? What if we do, in fact, create, in effect, a human wall and block people from entering the United States? Now the Mexicans are going to have what, what could be by then as much as ten or 15,000 people because the, the caravans keep growing. Well, there was one report yesterday from a newspaper in Mexico that said it's already ballooned up to 14,000. Right. So, so part of what I'm saying is at, this, at that point, we, we have a real decision to make. And this is, this is what Lincoln is saying over and over again. Yeah. Uh, you know, if you're going to preserve the union, you're going to do whatever it takes to preserve the union. He didn't say it happily. He didn't say it excitedly. Many of his key early speeches have this nostalgic sadness to them, uh, that we're bound together uh, by the common cords of mystic memory, and that we have no reason to fight each other. Uh, and he's almost pleading, you know, don't do this. Well, I would say the same thing here. This, this is the perfect crossroads to make the decision are we prepared to defend our sovereignty and to defend America? Or, in the end, can people bluff us, force us to cave, and guilt us into allowing them to invade our country because we don't have the nerve to stop them? You know, Nate Silver, he didn't have a very good year in 2016, but he had predicted both of Obama's victories. Um, Scott Rasmussen was the closest pollster. John McLaughlin was the other close pollster in 2016. And he says there's an 86 percent chance the Democrats take over the House, 82 percent chance that Republicans pick up seats in the Senate. I don't have a feel on the House, but I do believe Republicans could actually win Florida, Tennessee, Missouri, Nevada, Arizona for sure, North Dakota for sure, maybe Montana. And if they didn't have a libertarian in Indiana, they'd win that race for sure. But they got a good shot beating Joe Donnelly in Indiana if people don't vote libertarian. Um, On the House side, it's very hard to get a feel. Forty retirements doesn't make it any easier. Well, that's that's right. But I think uh, 80 percent is way too high. And I'm a little surprised that Silver, uh, for the second cycle in a row, is going that far out on a limb. Um, you know, the most recent survey indicates that, in fact, you have um, in the very closely contested districts, I think this was an NBC survey, um, that they actually uh, were within about two points on the generic ballot. Well, if, if that's in the contested districts. Now, we're losing the Democratic districts very badly. We're also not spending much money in them. We're not campaigning in them. We're not making our case. Uh, but, but in the swing seats that matter, 
uh, we actually are basically tied on the generic ballot. And, and all I can tell you is I, I look at the issues that are going to matter. There are two things happening. You see this a little bit with Stacey Abrams. Uh, in, in Georgia, the candidate for governor, who uh, uh, explained today that she's opposed to free enterprise and health care because she, she hates making a profit, and you never do any good if you make a profit. Um, and, and she is just very left-wing. Cinema, the Democrat in, in Arizona for the U.S. Senate, who refuses to apologize for urging Americans, to, saying it's okay for Americans to join the Taliban. Um, what's happened in Minnesota now, where I think Keith Ellison may drag down uh, the entire ticket except for Amy Klobuchar. They may lose the Senate seat, House seats, the governorship, uh, because Keith Ellison is just so totally left-wing and unacceptable. And so I, I keep looking around at these patterns, and uh, I think what you're seeing is a remarkable moment where the whole – you know, for example, we, we were talking 10 days ago, you and I were – that this is a race between jobs and mobs. Well, if you look at the pictures coming out of Mexico right now, you couldn't get a better picture of a mob. And, and well, if you watch can, the Democrats... Let me ask you, can you, stay, them, can you stay for another five minutes? I want to really get into this more deeply yeah, with you, because it's, it's sure. too important. We're 14 days out of an election. Two weeks from today, you'll be voting. And two weeks from tonight, you'll be turning on your television sets. And you're either going to have great news all the way around, maybe it's going to be a split decision, or you're going to have horrible news. And you get to decide, ultimately, what that news is going to be. This is where your vote actually matters. This election counts. And you can shock the world again. And I'm confident that that can happen. That can be the outcome. All right, quick break. More with Newt Gingrich on the other side. And later, Pastor Daryl Scott, David Limbaugh, much more. All right, 25 till the top of the hour. We've asked uh, Newt Gingrich to stay with us. I want you to really go into a longer explanation. You had said... Kavanaugh caravan are going to be the defining issues in the next 14 days. People will vote 14 days from now. I would add to that caravan, Kavanaugh, the mobs. We now you saw what happened to Kevin McCarthy's house. They threw a boulder through the window Um, and you saw what they did to Henry Kissinger. You saw what they did to Mitch McConnell. This is just in the last two days and it's happening everywhere. And I would also add that if Americans like what has happened over the last two years, in spite of Obama laughingly claiming credit for it yesterday, if they want the success to continue, the economic growth to continue, the prosperity to continue, I think this becomes a classical choice election. But I, I think all of those things hopefully will factor into people's decisions. Well, I, look, I think that's right. Um, and I think that, that in a sense, uh, the whole question of what kind of country do we want to become, it's clear on the left that you now have sort of a brown shirt 1930s totalitarian attitude, uh, that they are willing to use force. Uh, they openly say they're willing to use force. You have a former attorney general saying when the Republicans go low, kick them. Uh, you have various Democratic leaders saying it's okay to harass people uh, and drive them out of public life. Uh, and remember that Maxine Waters is not a trivial person. She would chair the Banking and Financial Services Committee if they get control of the House. So uh, the significant people are saying these things, uh, building on, on a sense of uh, rage and, and a sense of the illegitimacy of, of the modern uh, American government, which the left passionately believes. Uh, I, I think that you're right that that's a factor. The, the reason I, I picked Kavanaugh and Caravans as, as, the, as the central moment is 
these are historic events. I mean, the Kavanaugh fight wasn't just politics. It was historic. Were we going to get a solid conservative on the Supreme Court, or were we going to be smeared and character assassinated and lied and manipulated and browbeaten into backing down? Now, that was, that was a historic moment that will have an effect for the next 40 or 50 years. Uh, similarly, this caravan, whether it's 7,000 people or the Mexican newspapers right, and it's already up to 14,000, if this caravan can get into the United States, how big is the next caravan and the caravan after that? I mean, it's not like it's a one-time event here. The entire world is watching to see whether or not we have the guts to protect the United States of America from an invasion. Uh, and if we don't, trust me, the, there will be a lot of people willing to come. Well, I think I know exactly where they're going to head, too, straight to California, the sanctuary state, and get the free health care that Gavin Newsom is, is offering to provide for them. That's where I'd go. Well, and remember, because we, we, we sooner or later have to have a showdown about this, there's no such thing as a sanctuary state. To be a sanctuary state, you have to decide that your state can, in fact, impose on the federal government activities which it cannot possibly impose. And at some point, we're going to have a big collision with sanctuary cities and sanctuary states because they're a fundamental violation of the Constitution. Well, I think that this is I, I do agree with you. Um, I have a pretty good feeling about the Senate. I think that the way events and art and the debate has moved, I think there's been a dramatic shift for certainly the Kavanaugh case. You know, it's amazing to watch how the, you know, the, the other news channels are covering the president's speech last night. Uh, the president actually fake news. CNN actually says president lies, tries to gin up division. And they've never covered what Maxine Waters has been saying. They've never covered a single thing of her saying, you know, create a crowd, follow them into grocery stores, follow them into department stores, gas stations. And you tell them they're not wanted here anywhere anymore. Or what's happened to Pam Bondi or Secretary Nielsen or Sarah Sanders or Ted Cruz and now Mitch McConnell and Henry Kissinger. And, you know, obviously this is the, the mob mentality is coming from the left. Nor do I see, Mr. Speaker, nor can I say or or elaborate on any one issue or program they're offering that will help the lives of the American people. Not one. That's not what they're running on. No, I look, I, I well. They do run on uh, government-run health care for everybody, which they can't defend, and which, which, when you examine it, collapses because it's totally unsustainable financially and would be a nightmare to try to implement. That's the closest thing they've come to a big idea, and it's a really bad big idea. No, I agree totally. All right. Um, we'll be checking in regularly. 14 days to go. Uh, do you believe the admission by this Georgia gubernatorial candidate that she burned the state flag. Uh, is that going to change that race now? Well, I don't think that, that doesn't change the race, but the, the totality of her being a radical, the fact that the organization she headed up may have filed 23,000 false voting registrations for people who don't exist. I mean, I think the more we learn about her, the more trouble she gets to be in. All right, but I appreciate it. Thank you so much, uh, former Speaker of the House, Newt Gingrich. All right, let's get to our phones here. Uh, oh, I got to say hi to big-time A.J. Houston, Texas. He was the star at the at the town hall I was in. We had a wonderful time down in Texas. I saw big-time A.J. I saw uh, Rick Perry. I saw Ted Cruz. And there was A.J. came up on stage with me. 
And, uh, you know, I, I don't know why. I had a different mental picture of you. I mean, you have this big, huge, massive, powerful voice. And you know what? You're like the same size as me. Big time, <laughs> How are you? I enjoyed meeting you big time. What's going on, baby? Oh, baby, boy, I tell you, hey, like I told everybody, like I was at the Trump rally last night. Yeah, how great was that? Oh, my God. Sean, like I said, if I die today, uh, everybody should know a big-time AJ died a happy man. I met big-time Sean Henning, and I wound up going to a Trump rally where the electric was voted out this world. It was unbelievable, Sean. Being there is unbelievable. I know you know. You've been to the you know how it go. But actually being there to see that, big time, Sean, I mean, I, I had chills. Just, I mean, the electric spot. Everybody was nice. Everybody was beautiful. I got interviewed by uh, a channel. Well, I brought you out. up on stage, and the, everybody knew big time AJ from Houston. Everybody in the crowd went nuts. It was like, you know, I almost thought you were running for office, which, by the way, may not be a bad idea at some point that you run. Well, uh, no, they, they'll probably knock me out the box, but it's funny you say that, Sean, because the Channel 2 guy interviewed me uh, from Dallas. At the yeah. I saw you signing went... autographs. Didn't I see that? <laughs> I saw yeah. big-time signing autographs. And then we brought Linda on the stage, and she sa- I said, Linda, say New York. I said, I said, say New York. And she goes, New York. And I said, say talk, talk, and say Singapore, Singapore. Um <laughs> That was pretty funny. That was one of my lighter Linda moments. Is, oh, she's so awesome. I was so glad to meet her. Oh, she is so awesome. I told her I love that voice of her. It is so awesome. But, Sean, yeah, I Yeah, you should hear her on that. some days, by the way. It's not as sweet as, <laughs> as it is every day. <laughs> hey, but I, the guy, the, uh, I told the uh, Channel 2 guy, when I told him who I was, because everybody around us, that's your big time, AJ. He's the one that called me into Sean Hannity's show. <laughs> oh, Listen, all I need is this. You always have this optimism, this love of life, this enthusiasm. You know, I don't know. I'm hoping two weeks from now, maybe I'm maybe my ex- expectations are out of whack. I'll deal with whatever the results are. I'm not a crybaby whiner and like these liberals after they lost in 2016. I, I sucked it up when Obama won two terms. You know, we'll yes, survive whatever the country throws at us. But wouldn't it be nice again to shock the world? Wouldn't it be nice to say that the Republicans not only are picking up houses and uh, seats in the Senate? Well, I'm pretty confident we can do that. But if we also prevent Nancy Pelosi from becoming speaker, how sweet would that be? How great would that be? Think of the feeling you'll have on election night if you spend the time and you go out and you vote and you do your job. Especially, I put up on my website the top 50 races that this is where the balance of power with tipping point ends up on Hannity.com. Oh, big time that you would say that while we were standing out there yesterday and they on the big screen while we was out there at the bands and everything. They showed the 2016 election and how the left, sorry media faces looked 
Oh, oh they're desperate today. Donald Trump, oh. liar. <laughs> Donald Trump, you know, inciting, you know, vitriol. It's all over fake news, CNN, and conspiracy TV, MSNBC. All right, big time. I got to run, my friend. I love you. The audience loves you. Thank you so much for coming the other day. I had a great time. We, You know, we had 4,000 people in Beaumont, Texas, at an airport hangar. It was amazing. Um, anyway, thank you so much. Uh, Rob is in Gainesville in Florida. Next, two important races down there. Ron DeSantis over Gillum. God help Florida if you ever elect Gillum. Your, your business atmosphere will collapse in Florida. And Rick Scott deserves to go to the U.S. Senate. He's been an amazing governor. How are you? What's going on, Rob? Hey, Sean, thank you very much for taking the call. I just wanted to um, say that... Uh, you know, the left always likes to paint the right as being uh, monsters for not, uh, you know, sympathizing with their poor, the poor people that are coming from other countries that have horrific uh, oppression in those other countries and bad, very bad situations. But we have the exact same stories for people who are on the list doing it legally with the exact same problems. And I don't think it's uh, we should, you know, highlight those people's stories. And, you know, give more exposure to those stories that are doing it the right way and say, hey, listen, we draw the line. Everyone's got the same tragedies and we will prior we won't um, disrespect the people that are doing it the right way by just letting anyone come in. What does no, that no, tell listen, the people? Uh, you cannot allow them to do this. They're not going to be allowed to create a mob at the border and rush the border. And, what, uh, and, and let me tell you something. If we had the wall up. It would be more safe and more secure for both sides. Let me tell you what I don't ever want to have happen. And I have no doubt that many of the people in that caravan, they want a better life. They're good people. Their government sucks. There's no hope, no opportunity. And the government that gets so much aid from, from us, a lot of these governments that we give money to all around the world, so many of them are corrupt. And it doesn't ever get to the people where we want it to get to. But the reality is this. We cannot allow. We are a sovereign nation. We have, are a country that is built on a constitution and the rule of law. This is the law of the land. We have a process designed to take in people from other countries. You've got to first follow the law if you want to be in America. That's it. And, and I know the Democrats are silent on the issue, but most Americans agree that, you know, they would be precipitating a showdown crisis where people are going to get hurt. I don't want anybody on either side to get hurt. Nobody wants innocent people hurt. Now, we don't know. We can't vouch for every person in that crowd. We can't say that there are not people that have bad intentions that they want to bring into America. Maybe it's just the tiniest of percentage. What if it's five people out of 14,000? We cannot risk that. And by the way, if we allow them to rush our border, bum rush the border and get in, and we reward that behavior, well, the next one's going to be 50,000. Then it's going to be 100,000. And then we'll have what Democrats love, open borders, and then they'll call for amnesty when they think they have enough future generations of votes. We can't have it. And it's going to be stopped at some point. I'd urge Mexico to do the job now and turn these people around. That's their job. All right, let's get back to our busy telephones as we say hi to Tina. Uh, Tina, you're next on the Sean Hannity Show. What's going on? I love your show. Thank you. I listen to it. I watch you on Fox, but I have a suggestion you need to get with Trump. Here's my suggestion. If we can take our military with the Mexicans, the Mexican government on their side of the border, set up tents, 
feed them. Let them fill out all the paperwork. Take the military trucks or whatever we need and send them back. You're assuming something that, hang on, but you're assuming that people are going to be cooperative. Sometimes people in large crowds, you know, they, they, they're not cooperative. Then it's going to be, if people have to be arrested, there's no, you never see a video of an arrest that's going to look good. Film it. Also, they need to use rubber bullets. Don't let them kill nobody. They have to stop them with batons. They have to stop them with shields and with rubber bullets. We don't need nobody killed. I don't want anybody. Well, I don't even want. I don't want anybody hurt. But they cannot. They cannot violate our laws and disrespect the sovereignty of the United States, or it'll there'll be no end to it. This is why we need a wall. Because if we had a wall, we wouldn't. They wouldn't have the ability to precipitate a confrontation at the wall potentially. But Mexico has plenty of time now to turn them around. All right, got to take a quick break. Thank you so much. Appreciate it, Tina. Uh, when we come back, we've got Pastor Daryl Scott. He is in studio today. David Limbaugh is going to join us. We'll talk about the election, politics, the president, and much more straight ahead as we continue. Coming up next, our final news roundup and information overload hour. You cannot be civil with a political party that wants to destroy what you stand for, what you care about. That's why I believe if we are fortunate enough to win back the House and or the Senate, that's when civility can start again. If you had to be stuck in an elevator with either President Trump, Mike Pence, or Jeff Sessions, who would it be? Does one of us have to come out alive? (laughs) If you see anybody from that cabinet in a restaurant, in a department store, in the face of some Congress people. But Michelle Wood says that, you know, when they go low, we go high. No, no. When they go low, we kick them. That's what this new Democratic Party is about. What is it with Maxine Waters? Get a crowd. And and I want you to get in their, get in their faces, Booker says. And Maxine, get in a crowd and, and follow them into gas stations and grocery stores and department stores. And you tell them... They're not wanted anywhere anymore. What, what is that? Hold her, kick them. Hillary, don't be civil. You know, we're kicking out women. Sarah Sanders, we're going after women, throwing her out of a restaurant with when she's with her kids, for crying out loud, or Ted Cruz's wife, or Mitch McConnell and his wife, or Pam Bondi, she's out at a movie, or Secretary Nielsen, she's run out of a restaurant. This mob is what's taken over, which represents the radical Democratic Party. Not one thing they are offering in 14 days is going to make anybody's life better. The only thing they're running on is, I hate Trump. We want to impeach him. We want endless investigations. We want our crumbs back and raise taxes. We want open borders. Nobody, no one has ever commented on this caravan yet. And we, you know, and we want to keep Obamacare. That's their plan. Anyway, talking about the mob, uh, Pastor Daryl Scott. <laughs> well, that, did, that did not, that did not come out right. Here to talk about the issue of mobs is... You know, I'm kind of been. I'm, I'm like an adopted par- parishioner of yours. You, you, uh, you. I'm the one that needs the prayer and fasting in your church. No, I'm standing in need of prayer as well. You know what my fear? By the is? way, great to see you. And Kareem here is with you, right? 
Always. I don't even know your last name. I just know you're the guy with sunglasses that wants to fight me every time you're here. <laughs> yeah, it's Kareem the Dream. If you want some, you can get some. <laughs> <laughs> we'll save that for the TV show. Uh, you guys That'd got a TV good. show? No, you do. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, you going to stick around? We'll put you on tonight. No, no, I wish. By the way, David Limbaugh is here with us. You're going to love this, Pastor. You know, I will say this, Pastor, because you've been very good to me, and, and you've even said to me you prayed for me, and I—, I I am. I'm very touched when people say that to me, and I know you mean it. You're yeah. a good guy, and and David has written these books. He started with persecution, his first book on faith and religion, and um, I think now the best book yet. It's a, the, called Jesus Has Risen, Paul and the Early Church, and David has had a pretty profound impact on me, making me realize I'm not that religious, and that I I believe everything. I don't, I'm, I I would be one of those people that sort of shows up at Christmas and Easter at your church. Uh, and I don't go to church that much, but uh, but I believe all of it. Mm-hmm. And uh, and both of you have encouraged me to, to want to be better. Does that make sense? It makes a lot of sense. Uh, you know, uh, oftentimes faith is contagious. Yeah. And the faith of one can rub off one another. Faith breeds and oh, builds. It's basically you guys getting in my grill telling me, Hannity, you know, you need to shape up or ship out. <laughs> or, or Hannity, you're going straight to hell. I, I can read your mind. No, I would never say that. By the that, way, David's man. book is now uh, two weeks and running on the New York Times bestseller list. Welcome to you, too, David. Say hi to Pastor Scott and Kareem. Thank you. Hey, how are you guys? Thanks for having me on. What do you, let's start with this mop. Everywhere we see, we're now going to kick our. Fu- I would. I ran into um, what's his name, Blumenthal, the Connecticut senator, and when I was in Washington went during the Kavanaugh hearings, and he was a total jackass during those hearings. Yeah. He was coming out of where I was going in, and I said, Senator Sean Hannity, how are you? We had a very cordial conversation. If he was sitting at a table, I would never. I might go over and say, you know, send a drink over. Yeah. I might. I just because I disagree vehemently with him, I don't feel I have a right to tell him you don't belong here. He has a different point of view than I do. We get to settle out at the ballot box. I have, I have a fear, and when I say fear, with I'm regarding myself, that one of these people might walk up to me in a restaurant. My fear is that my response will go viral. <laughs> That's my fear. I mean, I've asked myself, how would I handle these way, situations? This, this is a man myself. of the cloth. Yeah, I know. That's why I have a fear. I'm like, here, yeah, I'm going to stand up. Well, ask the Kareem. Old me, the old me would come out, and then, especially <laughs> if I'm with my wife, the old me would come out, and then it would go viral. My response would go viral, but I think they pick and choose their targets. That's exactly what Well, maybe, but, you know, I listen, I train five days a week, an hour and a half, mixed they martial know arts. Too, and they know this. <laughs> I, well, it does, it's not going to stop crazy people. But I'm going to tell you something. I will walk. I will do everything I can do to walk away. I do part of martial arts, the arts that I practice, we bow in, we bow out. If we're doing weapons training, we show great respect. If we're doing grappling or, or outright full contact, we do it with respect. We respect the tap. We res, you know, we're not there to kill each other. We're there to make each other better. Um, so there's a certain discipline, David, associated with that. And but most people, A, don't know how to defend themselves and B, they're going to react like Pastor Scott and they're going to get pissed and somebody's going to get hurt. Well, I couldn't agree more. And it is a danger for people in the public square and especially people who hold themselves out as Christians, whether you're a pastor or you have a Christian themed book out. You really got to be careful. Uh, and but we do anyway. We need to be civil and, and winsome to people on Twitter and in, in our other interactions. But I don't think that means we don't fight. I don't think it means we don't uh, it, communicate our ideas as passionately 
and as intensely as the left does. It just means we don't have to get as dirty as they do. Well, I, look, I don't know. I, I, we just had Newt Gingrich on, and Pastor, what he was saying is between Kavanaugh, I mean, I, all these American values that have, have served us so well, due process, presumption of innocence. And then you see that there was no corroboration in any of these charges. If the Democrats really cared about the issue, they'd be going after Keith Ellison right now demanding an FBI investigation. Absolutely. And Cory Booker would be having an FBI investigation. And Claire McCaskill's husband would be having an FBI investigation. And Bill Clinton would be in jail for the rest of his life. But they're obviously playing politics with with very important issues. So the hypocrisy is there. But between Kavanaugh, the mobs, the caravan that's happening, and the fact that we've had unparalleled economic success, 14 state record states, record low unemployment, record low unemployment for African-Americans, Hispanic Americans, Asian Americans, women in the workplace, our vets, record low unemployment, youth unemployment, lowest ever. Uh, I'm hoping that people factor that in in 14 days when they vote or if they vote early. I think the man on the street will factor it in. I don't think the people on the street are stupid, Democrat or Republican. They're not stupid. The party leaders are stupid. Yeah. But the man on the street, they're able to see this process. They know that Kavanaugh was a, that whole Kavanaugh issue was a sham. They see the hypocrisy of the left on full display. They know that this uh, caravan is not simply a random occurrence that, you know, uh, uh, all these unconnected people just randomly decided to all walk thousands of miles to America to look for a better job. They can see the orchestration. Now, some people are going to vote the party regardless, but there are others that say, listen, I'm tired of this because all of the nonsense seems to be coming from the left. And the very behavior that they uh, pretended to criticize, they've put it on steroids and are emulating it. So, you know, they said, well, we don't like the, some of the behavior of the president during the campaign. But you've taken Let that, that you behavior to another level, and you're, you're promulgating it. You're out of Cleveland, Ohio. Mm -hmm. Okay. You're a, an African-American conservative. You took a lot of heat for supporting Donald Trump. Now that the results are in, and we're seeing all of these jobs being created for the people. Look at that picture over there. That's the forgotten men and women yeah. of America. That's what that's what 2016 was about for me. The 13 million more Americans on food stamps, the 8 million more in poverty after Obama's eight years. Now we've got four million jobs created, eight million fewer people in poverty and on food stamps. We have 400,000 manufacturing jobs that Obama said were never coming back. Will the president get credit when you break down votes demographically with the black community because they're never doing better? They've never done better. Thank he, God. He's going to get the votes. You know, uh, in, in the Bible, Nicodemus came to Jesus by night. And there are a lot of Nicodemus. And they say, listen, we see what Trump is doing. We embrace what Trump is doing. It's not what they told us. They're waking up. And, you know, if they say it's 36 percent of approval rating, add 20 or 30 percent to that, 56, 66 percent. Believe me, his message is, Kareem, tell him, his message is resonating in the black community. I come from a traditional Democratic family years voted party forever blacks in my family and our sphere are now so woke to it that they're either going to not vote at all which is which is really good for what we're doing with the conservative movement or they're going to vote with us because they're starting to see that this is a charade here yes. the media constantly berating president trump for no reason they've been doing it all day today yeah CNN, not yeah. blacks used to go and get their news from CNN, their politics from CNN, from MSNBC. They're starting to see we got to get in the trenches. We got to figure this out. So we're getting a bunch of calls from people saying, hey, what's going on? 
How is this going? How is Trump doing this? How can we help on this particular side? He's going to get more way, of the black vote than any other uh, it, Republican president. I'll throw this to David. If, if we all believe in, in God the Father, Jesus his son, okay? And I think all of us here do. If we believe that, then we all believe one thing. Isn't that predicated on that he created every man, woman, and child on this earth? We agree with that, right? Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yeah. So in, in that sense, we're brothers and sisters. We're all Americans, too. Right. And if we really believe that in every human soul, God puts some talent, some ability. And our goal is to, to create an environment where that, that talent, that natural talent flourishes. The word for education from the Latin is inducere, to bring forth from within. Well, that tells you that God put it there. Our job is to put enough sunlight and water on something, make it grow, and help people. And that's what I see Trump's doing. And, it, and it's now hitting the forgotten men and women, David. That's the great story of the two years of Trump so far. Yeah, yeah. yes. And, and we want to get back. What Trump is trying to do when he says, I want to make America great again, he means to restore its founding principles, its Judeo-Christian founding principles, which is based on the idea that we're all created in God's image. And that's why we have inalienable rights. It flows from that. But I think the left is authoritarian by nature. Their economic coercion can lead to political coercion, and that's where they are. And I, I think the left is losing it because they don't have any ideas that worked, and they don't have any proposals. So they're frustrated, and they resort then to identity politics and changing the rules. And this identity politics, dividing people on the base of race and gender is Every so four, two and four years, it's the same thing. Rich versus it, poor, old it, versus young, black versus white. Uh, Republicans it, are it, racist, sexist, misogynistic, homophobic, xenophobic, Islamophobic. They want dirty air water. They want to kill children and grandma throw her over the cliff. But they I, also... And they we also want the polar lose. ice cap to melt. Yeah, and they want the polar <laughs> yeah. ice cap to melt. But they want to change the rules. Sean, they want to change the rules. They want to abolish the Electoral College. They want to pack the Supreme Court. They abuse executive authority. They want to abuse the impeachment process just to impeach Trump and Kavanaugh. Oh, serious. Even though there's no impeachable offenses. And, and on down the line, suspend due process, oppose voter ID, promote open borders. Everything is anti-democratic with a low D, with a small D, and yet they claim we're the ones who are anti-democratic. All right, as we continue, final moments and final uh, thoughts here from Pastor Daryl Scott. Also, Kareem is with him. What is, do you have a last name, right? Kareem Lanier. Lanier, okay, and David Limbaugh. Uh, David, will give you 30 seconds. Final last word, thoughts today. What's going to happen in 14 days? I actually think that we've staved off the uh, the so-called blue what blue wave. That we might even retain the House, and, and we're certainly going to pick up seats in the Senate. We're going to come close if we don't win the House. We need to keep it. And I think, as the Pastor Scott said and Lanier said, well, there's so many uh, minority voters out there who are going to come around to Trump. Uh, expanded opportunity. He's not a racist. He's opening opportunities for all people, including black. And I'm telling you, liberals can't stand this. Uh, Kanye and the other people who are defecting from their plantation can't stand it. This is exciting stuff. It's uplifting. We need to go on our positive message, nationalize it these last two weeks. How, how great would it be if we could transform cities like Detroit, Cleveland, elsewhere, where every person that lives in this country has a nice, beautiful house and a safe neighborhood, a nice car or truck that they can afford to have vacations, take their kids to Disney when they're seven and be miserable. Uh, but they want to take their kids. 
go out to eat, not have to worry about a pastor. I mean, we all want the same things. It's, it's, this is universal. This is humanity. Yes, it is. I really believe these next 14 days are going to be critical for messaging, as long as our messaging stays consistent. Also, I think that, you know, there's a scripture in the Bible that says, no weapon formed against thee shall prosper. I believe some of these weapons that they formed against this nation are not going to be able to prosper, even with this caravan. I think it's backfiring. I think that a lot of Americans share the same concerns about those caravans, regardless of political party. They share the same concerns that the Republican Party uh, shares. All right. Good to see you both. Kareem, we got to let you go, too. Thank you so much for being with us. Pastor, always good to see you when you're in you New too, York. Man. Appreciate you being here. David, as always, congrats. Another New York Times best seller. It's on Hannity.com, Amazon.com. Uh, when we come back, a tight race for Congressman Ted Budd. We'll check in with him. Then your calls, 800-941-SEAN is our number. We have an awesome Hannity tonight at 9. Hope you'll join us as we continue. I'm Ted Budd. My granddad had a saying, do what you say you're going to do. Well, I promise to turn D.C. inside out and get it working again for North Carolina families. So we've cut taxes, put more money in your pocket, created thousands of jobs back here at home, and gotten better help for those families struggling with opioid addiction. I'm Ted Budd, and I approve this message because I'm doing what I said I was going to do. But we're just getting started. August 4th, 2016, I was the one that broke in the door and found my 18-year-old daughter dead um, in the bathroom toilet of an overdose. Tristan's Haven is a safe haven for when people decide that they're ready to get help. Ted Budd cared enough to show up and listen. Ted Budd is um, pushing for the laws that are going to make things better. We appreciate his commitment to our cause. I'm Ted Budd, and I approve this message. All right, 25 now till the uh, top of the hour. We'll get to your calls in a couple of minutes here. Uh, those are ads for Congressman Ted Budd. Uh, has a tight fight, and but one race that will literally, the balance of power is going to be tipped in a district like his. He serves the North Carolina 13th District. He's up for re-election in this midterm and a conservative, uh, friends with the Freedom Caucus and learned hard work, family, business owner. Uh, he got a recognition for his resolute stand against Washington's wasteful spending and the Citizens Against Government Waste named him a taxpayer superhero. Thank God. I love the president's plan that he announced last week that he wants a 5% cut across the board, not the penny plan, but the nickel plan. And uh, he joins us uh, now. And your district is not one of those, oh, I win by 20 point districts. You got a tight race. Oh, maybe one day we pray for that, Sean. But right now we are in a fight uh, for our country, a fight for this district. Um, again, th- thanks for having me on. Appreciate the shout out last week on TV as well. Great to be with you. Well, great to be with you. Look, I've now identified the 50 races that I think will be the tipping point for the balance of power in the House. And if people don't want to turn on the TV two weeks from tonight and hear the word Speaker elect Pelosi, Well, you're somebody that needs to win. This is one of the top 50 races I'm following that literally where the where the balance of power is going to be made in terms of who's going to control the House. Look, I think we're going to do well in the Senate, but, you know, off your elections are historically what they are and they're tough. But I do think that you have a great chance of holding on to this seat because you've served the people in North Carolina well. And so this is a blue moon election for us here in North Carolina. There's no governor, no U.S. senator on the ticket. I'm at the top of the ticket. So, you know, while that makes mom really proud at the same time, uh, it's I'm at the top of the ticket. And so we got to make sure that people come out. It, for us, uh, Sean, this is a turnout, turnout, turnout election. People just have to get out and go vote. 
Uh, we've got all the way through November 3rd and then back again on November 6th. So there's plenty of early voting. Um, you know, we've got a lot of good things on the ballot in North Carolina this year. Uh, but I'm very excited. I think we're going to win this, but we've just got to do the work. We've got to have people turn out. Look, the president knows how important this is. He's been into the district. Um, he's coming back again to the state uh, here Friday night uh, to support my uh, hope-to-be colleague, Mark Harris, uh, mm-hmm. down near Charlotte. But, uh, you know, we got a lot of tough races this year. There's been a lot of articles written about North Carolina 13. But, you know, like you said, I'm a, this is a clear contrast race. I'm a conservative member of the Freedom Caucus. I'm in a tough district. I'm a small business owner and my opponent. She's one of the largest Nancy Pelosi donors. Uh, she's against the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act. She's getting a lot of outside money from Pelosi's PAC, Tom Steyer, the impeached Trump guy, uh, from Obama's super PAC. And that's come, all that money is flooding in right here to the middle of North Carolina. So it's a tough fight, one that we can win, but it's definitely a clear contrast. Now, both the Cook Political Report and oddsmaker Nate Silver have tightened their assessment of this race. Uh, and the Cook Report actually listed, this is North Carolina. Well, you can explain the exact areas uh, that are going to be impacted by by this. Um, this district, anyway, is among the five congressional districts across the country that it said had shifted more towards Democratic candidates. And yours is going to be a, a bellwether district. And you're going to come in, I think your polls close at, what, 730, if I remember correctly, on election night. Uh, they do. And so uh, we're going to fight all the way through the end. Uh, look, this is a district that goes from Greensboro down to Salisbury over to Mooresville. Uh, this is a, this is a great uh, district, but it is one of the toughest, toughest districts in the state. It is. A, if you look at those numbers, it's an R6. Uh, so it is a real fight. And we knew this uh, 22 months ago when I was sworn in that this would be uh, a fight for the foundation for who gets the speaker gavel in 2018, and boy, did it come true. Now it seems like people are waking up, voters are starting to turn out, and we're thankful for every single one of these uh, conservative voters that are going to the polls in the few days of early voting. But, again, this is a contrast yeah. race. You know, for low unemployment, uh, like we've got, we've grown the economy. We've done, I've done what I said I was going to do. Well, you also have the ninth District is uh, in a tight race. Mark Harris is on on deck. And Trump, uh, the president, is coming in to support me and Mark Harris both uh, this coming Friday night. And so looking forward to Mark Harris uh, winning, me serving with him. He's a great guy. I've known him for over two decades. Uh, So look forward to him winning and serving right alongside of him. Well, this is an important race. If you're in the 13th Congressional District and you're in North Carolina, including what much of High Point, uh, Greensboro, all of Davidson, Davie counties, uh, um, parts of Rowan counties and, and some others, you know, this is a big race. This is going to be a bellwether race on Iredell, election night. Iredell so. County as well. Exactly. Thank you so much. All right. Thank you. We wish you the best. Thanks so much for being with us, Congressman Ted Budd. That's an important uh, race. All right. Let's get to our phones. Patty is in Bethesda, Maryland. Patty, how are you? I'm doing great. How are you, Sean? I'm good. Thank you. Glad you called. Yeah. You know, um, I just wish I believe in Trump. I believe in what he's saying. I believe in what you're saying. You cannot let the migrants come in in mass. It's ridiculous. It's out of control. But it's all about the whole coordinated effort and showing it so that the Democrats can't play their same game of, you know, the poor humanitarian, you know, the way they're using all their their words to build sympathy and build mistrust against the Republicans. And Trump is so good at this. He's just got to make sure, again, there's a coordinated effort so that there is 
FEMA people there and the military, show of force, start sending buses, start sending planes, all staged there ready to say, we mean this. This is his red line in the sand, just like Obama had with Syria. He didn't do that. This is this is Trump. This is it. And he's got to show this and, and handle this right with a really good coordinated effort. I'm don't really not worried. Yeah, of course I do. I mean, we don't want a humanitarian crisis. You know, the vice president actually said today that, you know, a Central American leader has told him that leftists in Venezuela are bankrolling this caravan, which wouldn't surprise <laughs> yeah, right. me. The Honduran right. president telling the vice president that. And Pence told the Washington Post, the president of Honduras told me this was organized by leftist groups in Honduras, financed by Venezuela. Look, the bottom line is they should be turned back now. But if, in fact, we see they're getting closer and closer to our southern border, we've got to protect the border. We're going to do this in a way I I know that is we want to have the best interest of innocent people in all of this. Nobody's innocent if they're willing to just rush our border and rush across the border. We don't want people hurt. We definitely don't want people killed. And ultimately, the people that will precipitate this crisis, they're going to be on the Mexican side of the border because America is not going to do anything to people that don't violate the law. But if they violate the law, they'll be arrested. And I I hear what you're saying. We should have food, water, medicine, supplies and transportation back to where they came from. And I I think you can do it in as, as expeditious a way possible with the, as much care as possible, um, but I don't think any arrest ever looks good. And if the people on the Mexican side of the border border want a confrontation with American police and ICE and our military, um, our side is going to win, and you're right. We should do it as compassionately as possible. I don't want anybody to get hurt. You know, a lot of these people probably come from nothing. They have zero to lose here. And that's a that's a tough position to be in. And then you have agitators that are, you know, they're not telling them anything that's honest and truthful, that they're they're telling them they're going to get in. And so they're going to be disappointed feelings and anger. Anger is going to probably be on display. So we're just hoping to get it turned around before this even happens. But, you know, let's let's be clear here. This is the United States of America. We are a constitutional republic. We believe in the rule of law and the application of our laws. That's it. Democrats don't like it. They can change the law. Good luck to them doing that on this topic, which John Podesta says they shouldn't even be talking about. All right. Anyway, Patty, thank you. Um, Becky is in Tucson, Arizona, next on the Sean Hannity Show. How are you? Glad you called Becky. Hi, Sean. How are you today? I'm good. What's going on? Well, I got a couple of things being from a border town. Okay. Okay. The people don't understand about this this mob that's coming yes they come to our border but they don't understand that they also come with a lot of diseases like tb and chicken pox and lice and our border patrol agents and all our people that are working with them get exposed to this they don't understand there's long-term ramifications of them and i had a feeling of thought about why um the mexican government is not stopping this um mob it's because when they come here and earn money they send millions and millions and millions of dollars back to their family members but via wire transfers so why should they stop them because they're making money off of it so i think we should stop the wire transfers look there is a part of me having been down to where you live in tucson the rio grande everywhere in between and i've been i've i've reported on the border more than anybody else that i know in media today I've been horseback, all-terrain vehicle, helicopters, boats. I've been there. 
I've seen, I was up close and personal when it turned out gang members were being arrested. I've got the video of it. Drug warehouses, tunnels, I've seen it all. Look, I understand that people come from countries where there's great poverty and little opportunity. Um, but the answer isn't not obeying our laws. Uh, we have a, an immigration policy, immigration laws. The first step, if you want to ever come to America, is to respect the laws of this land and respect America's sovereignty and respect our borders. And that if you're not willing to do that basic, most fundamental of things, then then at that point, there are other people that would would be willing to accept that and do it the right way. And they should have precedence over those that are lawless and don't respect our laws. So it's really, really simple. And, you know, I feel, listen, if the world, if America had the money, you know, we do so much already to, to, to tunes of billions and trillions of dollars we have spent over the years to help other people in other lands. At some point, we've got to take care of America first. We've got to take Americans out of poverty first. We've got Americans that need help in this country that that don't yet have not fully gotten on board. We need every American successful. And those that can't take care of themselves, they will be taken care of. Nope, America's never lacked for compassion. Just the opposite. There's never been a country that has accumulated more power and used it for the advancement of human good around the world more than the U.S., including paying the price and shedding the blood for the cause of liberty and freedom for many people around the world. Um, but it is it, 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 we cannot take on the world's problems either. We don't have the money. We don't have the ability to do that. Anyway, 800-941-SEAN, you want to be a part of the program. Don is in Iowa. Don, hi. How are you? Glad you called. Hi, Sean. Thank you for taking my call. I appreciate it. Uh, I'm a Marine veteran. Yes, sir. And, Semper Fi. Uh, glad, you, glad you called. <laughs> Semper Fi. Thank you, sir. Uh, I called actually to echo what you had earlier reported about this uh, uh, being financed uh, through Venezuela. And, and it uh, kind of reminds me of who's very good friends with the Venezuelans is, is uh Barack Obama, and, and this kind of has that feel that it came up through him. I just I, I feel that that this has got his his uh, organizing skills written all over it. Listen, I don't. Uh, you mean in terms of the caravan? Well, the, the the vice president is saying today, and and again, I don't know who's organizing it, who's funding it. I know that you know. I get the distinct feeling that there, you know, the the left silence on this is very suspicious to me. You know. Why don't they speak out about protecting our borders? You know, if we had the wall built, do you understand? We wouldn't have to worry if they ever got to the border that there would be some type of confrontation because it couldn't it couldn't happen. It would be good for people on both sides. It'll encourage people to follow our laws and respect our country and our borders and our sovereignty. And at that point, people will go through the process legally. And I'm not saying that we don't let people in from other countries. I don't really care where you come from. You know, you got to show you're able to take care of yourself that you believe in our values and you want to contribute and you're not a threat to your neighbor. That's it. It's pretty simple. And if you want to come to America, I don't blame you. We can't take in the world's population. If we could, everybody would come here. Anyway, appreciate the call. 
All right, that's going to wrap things up for today. Busy Hannity tonight, 9 Eastern. Uh, you're going to want to tune in because this is news and information 14 days out you need before the general election. Loaded up tonight as we have our pollsters, Doug Schoen and John McLaughlin. Sarah Carter says there is MS-13 members in this caravan. We'll go, we'll have the latest on what's happening with all of that. John Solomon, Dan Bongino. We'll see you tonight at 9, back here tomorrow, 13 days till Election Day. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. One of the best shows of the year, according to Apple, Amazon, and Time, is back for another round. We had a big bear of a man who was called Mal Evans, who was on roadie. And uh, I was coming back on the plane, and he said, will you pass the salt and pepper? And I misheard him. <laughs> I said, what? Salt and pepper? Listen to season two of McCartney, A Life in Lyrics, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. My name is Chris Moody, host of the new podcast, Finding Matt Drudge. I'll be taking you on a journey to find the mysterious media mogul Matt Drudge, founder of The Drudge Report. Along the way, I'll talk to people who have worked with him, dined with him, and fought with him, taking listeners into private conversations, all in an attempt to get a better understanding of who Drudge is and what motivates him. Hopefully, he'll even sit down with us. Listen to Finding Matt Drudge on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.